Welcome to the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. Thought-provoking interviews with interesting guests and commentary on everything. Food, sports, God, gardening, church, politics, music, movies, comedy, you name it, we talk about it. I'm Cody Stopper. And this is Craig Morton. On this podcast, we talk to writers, teachers, activists, and we seek some wisdom. And as always, we are allergic to big words, but not to big ideas. Profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Recording in progress. There it is. Here we are. Here we are. <laughs> yeah, we've been here for a while, but we just couldn't figure out what we were doing with uh, Zoom. You know, after all this time on Zoom. Exactly. I mean, how can it how can it still have some mysteries yet to be, um, be you know, discovered? I mean, if we've got God we got figured it. out, how can we not? I mean, if we've got God nailed down now, uh, you know. Yeah. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess we. I'm. That's a joke. It's a sarcastic. Ah, uh, you yeah, know, we we got yeah, God all so, figured out, so we should be able to figure out Zoom. You know, as a people, there's no mystery left with God. So why? You know, in fact, the only mystery left with God would be what the mysteries that we create, because it's all been <laughs> figured out, and it's just our own uh, crazy thinking that makes things so difficult. I don't know, because <laughs> I would think there are some who would say God is quite simple. That is true. But um, simplicity does not remove mysteriousness or uh, or true. depth. So so it could be that God is not complex, but God's complicated. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or however we want. Maybe it's God isn't complicated, but is complex. I don't know. How would I we... know? We need to get Tom <laughs> back on here. We haven't talked to Tom for a long time. Yes. Yes, we do. Okay. Well, we haven't been together for a while. Sickness, family, travel. Oh, man. Yeah. So I'm Craig. Just to reintroduce ourselves. And the other voice you hear is Cody. <laughs> so we we have not connected a lot over the summer. Yeah. In general. <laughs> it's true. And, um for the last month, at least. I think a month, three to four weeks. Yep. Something like that. Because I was, one one week I was gone to Junior Olympic National Championships. Yep. Um, I can't remember if we got together the week before that. The week I after think, that, yes. I had and COVID. You were sick. Then I was. I was supposed to be flying to Chicago to go visit our That's son right. for three That's days. That's right. And so that didn't happen. Then I was sick the next week and... What was it though? I remember it might have been my teeth. Oh, yeah, you had some family appointments or something like that. Yeah, that's what it was. That's right. I had to go through. That's right. Yep. Doctors and dentists. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. So it's been a while. It's been a fair piece. Or as the kids might say, it's been a hot minute. A hot minute, (laughs) as the kids might say. You know, I've never heard kids say that. I don't know. But so. I, I'm you know, somebody's kid, so when when you have kids, your the kids when you have kids and they're the age of your kids. Yes, I mean what grade? What grades are your kids in? I have a kid uh, today. We just did freshman registration. Oh my gosh! Yeah, freshman and then a fifth grader. So all right. So so when you have kids at home over the summer, it's to, to me it's a weird schedule, right? It is. Oh yeah. And then. For me, since I work from home, you do a lot of work from home. Once the kids are gone, doesn't it feel like you've got your workspace back? And yeah, oh yes. And and so, I I used to think that way until until I really got uh, into working from home, and then it became like my primary location, you know. And then all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, I realized it wasn't like when the kids went back to school, everything. Or when the you know when the kids were home for the summer, uh, or when the kids graduated, I should say, when they moved out of the house, I thought, okay, be fine all year long, twelve months, be great home office, right? <laughs> but my wife is a teacher, right? And and in the summer, she has nothing to do. <laughs> she has nothing she has to do. She's, she's a lot of crocheting. Yep. 
done a little bit of gardening. Gardening, yep. Um, she has taken some courses. She reads a lot of books. Oh, nice. Um, but it's almost like, you know, like, don't want to make this sound mean or anything. I'm, I'm looking forward to her going back to school. <laughs> kind of like I was always looking forward for, to the kids going back to school <laughs> so that I can get back into my routine. But here's the thing that I feel bad about. Soon as the kids will go back to school. Yes. Summer was done. Yeah. And I feel the same way about it when, when, when Carla goes back to teaching and the summer is done. It's like all those things that we had wanted to do over the summer, but never did it. Didn't get to, yeah. And it's like one more summer gone. Oh. There's always this bit of regret. Like, ah. Oh. Doesn't it? Yeah, I get it. I feel that way. I'm feeling that so way right at now. The, at the very beginning of the summer, in fact, I think it was the week before she was done with classes, we said, let's make a deal this summer. Every week, every weekend, let's go hike one trail. Mm. So we've had like 12, 13 weeks of summer. Yes. You know how many hikes we've taken? How many? Well, if you count walking the dog through the neighborhood, we're doing pretty well. <laughs> so zero? Uh, yeah, we're at zero. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. And that's that's what Oof. happens like you know, with loose schedules over the summer. It's like, yeah, we'll get around to it next week. But this schedule is just kind of yep. are chaotic. And once <clears> you lose <throat> that grasp on some control, it just all spins it off. It just goes directions. away. It, yep, exactly. It's so true. So now, now our plan is, hey, fall's coming up. It's a beautiful time of year. Let's Great go time for to a go. hike every Great week. time to go hiking. <laughs> Absolutely. So we'll see if that happens. Oh, boy. And uh, we will have to report on it if it does. So. Mm. so how's your summer? Any summer regrets? Yeah, just very similar. Yeah, we had things, you know, we wanted to do. But we, for example, at least go on one family camping trip and we haven't done that. Uh, we wanted to go kayaking more, and we haven't really done that. Well, go kayaking more, so you have done some. Uh, no. <laughs> okay. So more than more, zero. We wanted to do more than last year, which we actually oh, gotcha. did do right. some last year, but this year none. But but um, one thing, me and a couple of a couple of members of the family, my kids, have done is gone swimming more this year than before to the aquatic center that we have here in town um gone to the park more than we had the year before and done that gone to farmers markets more than we did oh, that sounds good yep so so little things but we didn't do the camping trip we wanted to at least do one um and more kayaking we didn't do that so wow yeah yeah i mean I, I, we were going to paint the house oh man we got we got a bathroom painted and one bedroom painted mm. hey that's not bad yeah <laughs> we we did do some uh we did really set square our garage that we really needed to do and Aww. got that set and that was nice and that, then that, that that's like that's i envy that yeah it's nice uh and in that same day we were also uh broke out the uh pressure washer and pressure washed our house wow if, you know those siding vinyl siding that so that was something that needed to be done. And we did that. Um, I did get yesterday a new desk, a converting desk that will go from sitting to, to standing, a stand up desk. Yep. Mm -hmm. I'm excited about that. Now, does it have a treadmill with it? So you can be walking. Ah, that'd be great, man. I should No, I need to get a little <laughs> stepper or something. That'd be cool. Yep. So that's my summer in a nutshell. Well, the, you know, the older you get, the less interesting summers can become. <laughs> it's true. But um, we I guess we still have a week left. We can get in a kayaking trip. Maybe we can. Oh, that's good. Plan so on it. Yeah. Let's do it this week. We're going to do it. <laughs> wow. Ask yeah, me I, next week if we did. So, yeah, we'll have to find out if I go hiking. There you go. So next week, though, do you have a don't you have a church meeting next week? Next Tuesday? Is it next Tuesday? What did I tell you in there? I can't remember. Yeah, you said <laughs> it might it was, not start until September. Is that oh, next? Okay. Is that next week? <laughs> it next, week is, next week is still August. Okay, I think we're okay, but I will double check with you. Make sure I'll get back to you. Make sure. All right, we don't even know what month it is. <laughs> <laughs> all I all I know is that for me, school starts 
I know when this happens. I, here's what I hate. Okay. When I was a kid, Craig, and I think maybe have we talked about this before? I don't know. When I was in school, school was done May. And so you had June, July, and August, right. three actual months. Now my kids are like, it's halfway through June before they actually get out of school. Yep. And then school starts three weeks into August. So they're only getting like two months. That's not fair. I know. <laughs> so, so growing up in, in uh, Arizona, at least in my memory, we got done in May yeah. before um, Memorial Day or right around Memorial Day. Yeah. Yep. Only because it's too, it's too darn hot to be air conditioning those buildings, I guess, you know, that's, that's a good point. So it's kind of a savings thing, but I, I, I think we were usually back in school before Labor Day. Yeah, I think so. It was like literally the end of August though. So, I mean, yeah, yeah but it was, I remember figuring out, you know, as a kid somewhere along the way, it's like, oh, wow, that's 12 weeks. That's like a whole season. Exactly. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That was yeah. cool. Now it's, and then, you know, I don't know. And then everything school related like if you're in band, et cetera, all that, they jam everything into summer too, yeah. you know, as well. So, oh man. It's, yeah. We, <laughs> we, we competed against the track team uh, last spring mm -hmm. from Los Angeles and they, they do their, they run their track team. Now most everybody else I've ever met, their track team goes, Hey, it's March. Who wants to go out for track? Okay, come on out. And then everybody shows up, you know, the beginning yeah. of March, the end of mm -hmm. February. And then if you're, you know, and nobody makes it to like, you know, varsity or we don't worry about that. You just like, if you run fast enough, that means you did it. If you throw some things or jump far, far enough, you did it. <laughs> this, this school in Los Angeles, they begin their track program like the week after school's out. Ooh, so they geez. start at the beginning of the June, beginning of June with uh, running workouts and a weight room workout. I think it's maybe like two a days kind of a thing. Oh, and wow. if you don't participate in the summer program, you can't participate in the track team. Wow. And so you, you have to do that. Now, when we were at uh, the Oregon relays, this team from Los Angeles in the sprinting events just destroyed everybody. Oh, of course. <laughs> they just, but they, they basically had, almost a year round workout. It's a professional track team. That's <laughs> but to me, you know, I look at it and I go, that's really weird. However, yeah. that's exactly what we do with our kids who are in marching band. That's so true. It's what we do with our kids if they play football. Yep. You know, and, yes. and in fact, it's getting more and more that way with soccer club year round. Baseball. If you're a baseball player, you're yeah, baseball. you're around. You're year round. Yeah. I mean, you got spring season, you got summer league, and then you got mm -hmm. fall ball. Yep. <laughs> and, and, then, and then you take, you know, a month off and you come back pitchers and catchers in January. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah. And so in, in my mind for track and field, it's like, well, that's really weird. But then you start comparing it to what everybody else is All doing. All the others like, do. Nope, yes. Yes. And to and me, that feels wrong. I think it does I feel think. wrong. I think so. I mean, when I was a kid, I could do. I could do when I was all the way through high school, I could do all the sports if I wanted, even well, uh, wrestling and basketball, I couldn't have done, but actually even the basketball coach was like, we'll work around. You could play some of these games because he needed a rebounder and I was, and, <laughs> and I was good at it, but I was like, I don't think I could make that work, but those were the only two I could not make work. Everything else I could have done. I could have done wrestling, football, um, track and field. We didn't have baseball, but I could have played summer league baseball, you know, if I wanted. So yeah, I could have so done them all. We had, we had a kid at our high school or at my former high school where I used to coach. Um, but he was, he was a, he was one of the fastest kids in the state. Just a really excellent sprinter, really good football player, ended up playing, uh, you know, four years over at, at BSU as a wide oh, nice. receiver. Um, um, so he had, a, and he actually went, you know, five years. So he was able to get his master's in there on his football scholarship, which was pretty cool. That is cool. Um, and then, um, but he was so fast, but he was also such an excellent pitcher. Yeah. Baseball and track wanted him. Yeah. And what they did is since pitchers rotate and they only play like once every three or four games. Mm -hmm. 
So he would sprint for the track team and then he would pitch for the baseball team. That's awesome. And we're, I, we were able to take him both ways. Um, so that was, that was kind of fun. But yeah, you just, you're saying you're even, even the requirements now you cut, I don't think I could now because I've heard the coaches here being like, if you're not at these things and that would have overlapped with, you yeah. know, and I couldn't, you'd have to choose. And so you basically, you almost have to choose either if you want to be serious about it, right. you gotta be, you gotta pick just kind of like one or maybe two things. And Which so- I don't think that, you know, it, the college coaches that, that I've had conversations with and, and the ones that I've read, they hate that. They yeah. don't want a single sport athlete in their athletic program. Yep. I've heard that too. They, you know, they want somebody who's doing different things, exercising mm-hmm. different parts of their body. Yeah, different muscles. Exactly. Um, I mean, the worst case scenario is the, uh, you know, professional, you know, uh, pitcher who at age 25 can't throw another ball because of repetitive motion disorders because they've been exactly. playing out of the year since they were 10 years old, mm-hmm. um, you so know, true. or, or the kid who, you know, you know, can't pass concussion protocols because they That's beat right. their head too many times in one year. Yep. Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's rough because then I, I have some of these kids who they want to do track and football. It's like, can I do that in college? Well, yeah, but probably not a division one level. They're going right. to want you to choose one or the other. Right. You know, D2 will probably let you go, you know, what, you know, to, to both programs, as long mm-hmm. as they're not side by side, like football right. and basketball or basketball and track. Right. Then it gets harder. Um, so yeah. that's to me, that's that's just too much. Exactly. There's no, there wouldn't be room for a Jim Thorpe. No way. Yeah. That, that's never going to happen. Or, yeah. or a Tom Brady. <laughs> that's right. I mean, cause part of his, you he know, was a pitcher. Part of his skills, that was a pitcher. Yeah, that's right. He was a great pitcher. He was pretty darn good. I think so he was drafted, wasn't he? Uh, he was. Yeah. yeah. Well then you'll never get another Bo Jackson or Deion <laughs> Sanders, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, yeah man. Uh, oh, well. Oh, well. Or uh, or a Herschel Walker. And, oh. <clears throat> and so here's the other thing. Yes. <laughs> I'm part of the problem. Yeah. That's right. You are Mr. Track Coach. I, I, I coach all year mm-hmm. round, practically. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you so, do. You gotta try to vary, I try to vary it. So <laughs> you gotta make the you gotta work from the inside, Craig, to undo this. Well, that's true. Well, I, you know, if the kids are playing other sports, that's good. I'm not going to tell them they can't. There you go. I like if it. If they're doing absolutely nothing, I want them to do absolutely nothing well. <laughs> there you so go. One of, I love one, of my, one of my top athletes said, yeah, I'm not going to do anything over the fall. Oh, really? You're not going to like lift weights, do workouts or anything? No, I just think I need some time off. All right. Hey, I'm not going to fight it. Yeah. But it's like, but don't sit around the well, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm guessing he, you know, he might just, you know, I don't know, he might come back and look like a like a marshmallow or something, you know. <laughs> well, maybe he'll learn something from this. Experience. Yeah, he's young enough. We we yeah, can we there can you, work you got that. time. We can shoot, we yeah. can shoot, we can mold, we can work with that. We can mold him. <laughs> so other than that, yeah, summer is like passing by. So bye summer. So barely, barely knew you. One of the things that um, I, that really seems to happen for us over the summer is the ability to binge watch TV. Ooh, yeah. And, and then what some, what, what some programs, um, come out that don't allow you to binge watch. That's true. Um, and so only murders in the building, I think. Is exactly. One. That's what I was thinking. I was yeah. like, Oh, which I love. Wanna... Yeah. It's like, we got to wait like old broadcast <laughs> TV. Come on. Oh. <sighs> Yeah, yeah so I think we're actually behind on uh, Only Murders. I, we are a little bit too, but so, as we like that one as a family. It, we enjoy it's it. A, it's a good one. <laughs> it's good. So, it's so funny, what, man. Steve Martin and Martin Short. Holy cow. Well, so good. Well, it's, I think, you know, of course, they're excellent together just because they have it's, that chemistry that they've developed over decades. Yeah. But Selena Gomez is this, she she's the number of, um, the number of occasions in which she has a face that she makes at them, like, you know, so where are you from? She's uh, what... a perfect deadpan, man. She's good. Yeah. yeah. She's just, 
Uh, it, it's just excellent. So yeah, really. Like and that. actually, and the uh, all the building loony casts are great too. All the casts, they, the... extreme personalities. <laughs> oh, so good. Oh, uh, and Sting. Oh man, Sting. That, yeah, that's right. Yeah, he was. <laughs> I forgot about Sting. Sting was <laughs> in the building. And they bake him. They bring him a turkey and bring it to him as their like way to get in to speak to him. And it worked. Uh, so, so last night, Carla and I finished um, watching a, 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 a series on uh, Apple TV. Oh, oh. and um, called Slow Horses. Ah, never heard. And if you if you're an MI five agent and you make some drastic error, some bad mistake. They yes. put you out the pasture in a place called Slough or Slow. Yeah. Slough. Yep. House, mm-hmm. The Slough House. Yep. Um, the Slough. I think it's Slough, right? Well, it depends where you're from. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think if you're from London, it's Slough. Okay. So, But it looks like Slough, right? Or, or Slough. Yeah. That yeah. GH is a really weird thing to <laughs> I figure know. out. Um, so, but the, but the individual members of Slough House are called Slow Horses. Oh, and and we just we just finished uh, binge watching this one and it had themes of of uh, these espionage plots within the country to move things towards right wing extreme nationalism and, Mm. um, you know, dealing with domestic terrorism. I mean, absolutely nothing that would have have any connection with anything over here. Yeah, not pertinent at all for us. But but one of the best things. One of the best things about it that like, like, well, that is so cool is the music at the beginning of each episode. It's a brand new song, you know, just for this, you know, a new series. And it's Mick Jagger. (gasps) Sweet. And I'm not a big, I'm not always a big Rolling Stones fan. Me neither. A lot of respect for when they sing something a little bit bluesy. Yes. We've been playing around with screen share a lot. So I was going to play a clip of that and see if I can actually make our screen share share audio so hold your breath i got my fingers crossed all right let's see what happens here Misfits and boozers hanging by your fingernails. You made one mistake, you got burned at the stake. You're finished, you're foolish, you failed. There's always a hope on this slippery slope. Somewhere a ghost of a chance to get back in the game and burn up your shame and dance. With the big boys again It's like That is such a classic voice Wow, yeah <laughs> I mean um, Oh, wow And uh, so I like I liked the show But I really like listening to the song As the credits were going by it's That's like, awesome ah, that's, that's good Yeah and it also made me think, you know, thinking about our own uh, vocation, mm-hmm. a song that's completely applicable to anybody in the pastorate. Yeah. <laughs> where, you know, <laughs> you know, there are times where uh, you may feel, especially perhaps in the Methodist system, where you get put out to pasture for a bad, you know, you maybe had a bad stint at one congregation, so you get put with the failures, the fools, and the fury. <laughs> that's true. It is so true. <laughs> And or, you're just looking for that day when you can come back and dance with the big boys again. So. Or on the flip side, I've seen this too, where you did good. And so they are, you're doing, you know, good in your setting. Right. And so they want to move you because like, oh, let's get you to, but you don't feel done yet. Oh, yeah. And so you say no, which you can do, but it does come with then, well, then <laughs> later on down the road, you're going to get yeah. overlooked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that yeah. happens. Yes, I've, I've been there. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Denominationally, I've been in the past uh, too long because I did that. So yeah. Long. So, yep. Yep. Got it. It's a, it's a, yeah, it's a, 
it's a strange thing because it's I tend I get the itinerant preacher deal. Like I understand the reasoning behind it, but it can it can surely lead to uh you know that mentality of climbing, you know, gotta climb and gotta yeah. I don't know. Yep. And and jealousy, jealousy of other pastors and whatnot. And oh well. I mean, it probably happens in non-itinerant systems too, I'm sure. Nah. <laughs> yeah, it happens everywhere. I know. And so it's also part of the thing that I, I I fear being an adjunct instructor. Like this year, I've got way too many courses. Ugh. But it's like it's it, I'm afraid to say no, I'm gonna I, I won't take that one because then I will get out of the rotation. And I then they're like, oh, well, fine. Craig doesn't want more, doesn't want classes. Okay. Yeah. And so the next year they'll forget, oh yeah. What about that Craig guy? Yeah. I don't know. He used to be around. <laughs> but he, yeah. yeah it's, oh man. Ah, the world. So speaking of summer music. Yes. You Ooh. and I were talking about a band, a band that I got to uh, be familiar with way too, way too Way late. too late, Craig. So I, yes, uh, the band is Me Without You, and it is one of my almost 20 years favorites. So uh, here's how I was introduced. I, I'll go. Go ahead. Now, how were, how was it that they were around for so long? They So they were, you, you kind of know their, you know their story, their background. They were connected to Shane Claiborne and the, um, the kind of like that monastic movement in Philadelphia. They were attached to that a little bit. Really? And yes, that's so and they were like community or yes, exactly. And so that is actually um where they kind of found their roots and began a little bit. And uh, they were a big part of the tooth and nail uh deal way back then in the early two really? thousands, if you remember. Yeah, they were one of those, but they were I, I shouldn't say big part because they weren't, you know, they weren't the tooth right. and nail, but I mean they were in that. You well, know. that tooth and nail was an interesting mix of uh, of groups, reggae, yes. punk. Yep, uh, it was all that. It was kind of the like underground indie yeah. type style. Yep. Yeah. And uh, they were one of them, and uh, they were. Oh man! So even back in, gosh, it was like two thousand five or six, somewhere in there. They were like, they bought a van to start doing like tour, you know, their tours and they had the van converted somehow to run on cook used cooking oil back then even. And so they were like, man, they were like, yeah. And they would even, if you listen to a, he'll tell stories or they'll talk about their days of touring, they will do, they'll dumpster dive for like food and things like that. Like that's how they are. That's who they are. They're, they know big to do no big, accoutrements on their tours very simple rugged but lovely lovely and so as craig will probably talk a little bit about but like the music band like what drew me to them um my friends could kind of mention them a little bit and i was like i'll give them a listen they're essentially just their original albums were just amazing mu mu music with aaron screaming philosophical poetry over oh yeah Over yeah music. things that you yeah you want to put it on pause and just kind of like okay wait what I mean, yes it's so good a mystical connection and they yeah. were uh borrowing lines from even back in their first albums from Rumi, from uh the gnostic gospels like the gospel of thomas um so many just uh, Ar arabic arabic oh Rumi, yeah you know arabic yeah. mystical sufi yeah there's just they're incredible they're yeah. mind benders man <laughs> and i i i wish that uh i i i hope to get to know aaron just a little bit better because uh, as before we started recording i was telling cody uh, he and i get together for, uh, in, in faculty meetings twice a year sometimes that is awesome on a, in, on a zoom thing we really don't don't know each other that is so awesome i would love to take a philosophy class from aaron rice oh, me too it's like maybe i should take class from him Skip Holy, yeah right so, uh, so good. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I don't, I'm, in fact, I'll probably be seeing Aaron later on today and be fun to catch up with them if he's yeah, back awesome. from their close you know, final tour. Yep. So that's what they, yes, they were supposed to do their farewell tour in 2020. They had it all scheduled and everything. And of course, 2020 
And then it lingered on to 2021. So they were finally able to complete their <laughs> farewell tour just a couple of weeks ago with a big, I think, three night deal in was, Philadelphia. Yeah, it was initially, I think it was three nights. I think initially it was meant to be two nights and they, they added a third. Yeah. So at the, what is it called? The, um, the Fillmore. The Fillmore, right. Which so. 20 years ago, dude, if you'd have talked to them and been like, you're going to play in the Fillmore, they'd probably have been like, no, they're good. But no that, that, I didn't know about the, uh, the simple, the simple way and the yes. kind of thing, but that makes sense to finish off at, uh, in Philly. Exactly. That's right. That's their hometown. At least Aaron and I believe his brother uh, is or has been in the band anyway. They're uh, Philly born and bred, I think. So, yeah, I did. Yeah. So I'll have to, I'll have to talk about Philly with those guys. <laughs> uh, but they're so good. And <clears throat> their music is uh, experimental. They are not afraid to change things up and go backward and forward and combine. And they've done folk and punk and uh, you know, uh, just screaming emo, and whatever it is that's going on in the background musically, it's the lyrics that are. Is 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 there such a word as pondersome? Uh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> there is now ponderous. Yeah. I yeah. Don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so you mentioned you mentioned a tune, Julia. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. So should I hit play on that? Let's do it. Let's play Julia. This is from their, I think, their last album. Uh, it's an untitled album. Actually, there was some Rumi in there uh, in the um, I will meet you there out beyond. Basically, Rumi has a poem. It's like out beyond the I, all ideas of wrongdoing and right doing. There is a field and I will meet you there. You know, basically yeah, beyond... so, so the, 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 the uh, connection to that is is um, make uh, more of an illusion than a direct quote. Yep. Right? Yes, exactly. Uh, yep. Today, yep. a thousand years of strained affection and prayer out beyond the ideas of right. And there wrong we go. Field. Will I meet you there? Will I meet you there? The summer garden blooms with autumn soon replaced. Another harvest moon, so many ways to lose, so many faiths. Holy to the Lord on the bells of horses. Safely on the shore, we sank like stones to the bottom of a made-up ocean. Ah, it's like, just <laughs> pondersome. Ah, they're so good. Yeah. They're lyrically. Ah. You know, you would be fun. Ah. Maybe, maybe we, we got to get our whole retreat workshop thing off the ground and fun to have them come oh, out. Oh my goodness. That'd be a, so amazing. Uh, a retreat, a spiritual retreat just on that song. <laughs> that would be so incredible. And yeah, I was going to tell you, if you do, man, if you can get a, uh, maybe get a Aaron on our podcast, that'd be so amazing, dude. I wouldn't even be able to talk. I'd be fanboy. Yeah. So. <laughs> you, yeah, well, I'll I'll talk with. I'll, hopefully, I'll talk with them today. 
That'd be so amazing. We're oh. having our first face-to-face faculty meeting in like over two years. Oh my goodness. So we're kind at? of exciting. What's that? We're in Boise? Uh, yeah. Well, Nampa. Yeah. At, That's at awesome. College, so. That is awesome. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love, love their work and, uh, and their artwork on all their albums. Always incredible too. Make sure you, you know, goes right along with the, yeah, it's so good. Just good stuff. Definitely. Okay. Definitely ponderousness, pondersomeness. Yep. <laughs> um, they, uh, one of my, so one of my favorite albums, there's is actually their more folky one, just because I, I, I don't know if you know this about me, Craig, but by some definitions, I am, a little bit of a contrarian by nature and so uh the no so it's like everybody who's a me without you fan it's like they're one of their least favorite albums and i'm like i i love this <laughs> and uh, they have a song on there it's just called allah 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 and it's literally uh it's like taking the idea of like yeah let's see it's like one of the lines is like in every blade of grass in every blade of grass, in every blade of grass, Allah, Allah, Allah. You know, basically, God, all present everywhere, right. and so good. And in your brothers and sisters, and in your father. Oh, oh man, there's a line about yeah, if just, your father did you wrong. If your father did you wrong, if your father did you wrong, well, maybe somebody did him wrong. Yeah. And then there's um, and then there's an idea of a forgiveness at the end. We'll cut you like a sword and sing forgiveness songs. La la la. So good. So yeah, I'll, let, I'll, I'll talk with Aaron. We'll have, we'll have to get him on the podcast. Ah, that'd be um, amazing. As the more and more you're you're talking about their music, I'm thinking I should include some of this music on my um, world religions class. Yes. Oh yeah, they have uh, their music borrows from so many different. Uh, religious experiences that yeah, yeah. it's good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. yes all right. Mm-hmm. 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 all right all right yeah this way so we talked about that because craig asked me what have you been listening to this summer and see craig has been known has known about them now for two years but he didn't know that i knew about them because we just we never came up in conversation and, and craig and asked what I, are you listening I, to this summer and then when i discovered them and began to listen to them I didn't know that I actually knew somebody in the band. That's amazing. That's the other part of it. It's like, because it was like last year during our Zoom faculty meeting, he mentioned this thing coming up and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> you're, you're, in, you're, in, you're in that band? <laughs> oh my gosh, that's so awesome. I thought he was just some local guy who played in, you know, you know, local bars or something. Oh <laughs> Lord, that is amazing. But yeah, so he asked what uh, Craig asked what we were listening to this summer. And I said, well, I've just been listening to them because of their far- farewell stuff, you know, going on. And he was like, what? Me without you. And oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Cool. All right. How about books for the summer? Oh, man. There have been. I, I, I just finished Brian McLaren's latest book, Should I Stay Christian? Oh, I've been meaning to do that one. Is it worth and it? And I, I didn't want to read it because it's like I don't really need any encouragement to be cynical about my faith. <laughs> right. About the organization of my faith. My faith yes. is fun. Yes. Um, and uh, it actually was a beautifully constructed book. Good. Uh, okay. Been half the book saying, Christianity is a failed experiment. <laughs> and there's there that I and he was like, I have no problems with saying goodbye to it. And anybody who wants to, you know, good. You you're justified. Mm-hmm. And then he spends a second, you know, part of the book going, now here's the reasons to hold on to it. You know, yeah. Christianity itself. Oh, and it. what are the goals? What is the movement? Where where is Christianity intended to be headed? Right. You know, what are the theological resources? that still make the you know the eanity part <laughs> everything <laughs> beyond christ you know it still make it valuable oh uh, yeah and then the third part of the book was kind of more uh pastoral you know how do you how do you walk with people who are asking these questions how do you uh participate in the pilgrimage you know one way or the other yep and so so not only had the 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 argument but it also resources on how to be present with those who are in the midst of it so it was a really really good book and it was a necessary um uh sabbath of sorts because the rest of my reading has been well we talked with angela decker yep uh, a couple of months ago about red state christians and so i've been reading been been going through that uh going through the psychology of christian nationalism 
which is written by a professor of pastoral uh, counseling. And so we'd oh, really, interesting. Love to her, really love to get her on, on our, on our podcast. Oh, that'd be amazing. Uh, another one by historian uh, Kathleen Ballou called Bring the War Home about the origins of American populism and nationalism, connecting it to the loss of the Vietnam War. Oh, wow. And then uh, two books by um, Sam Perry, who's a professor at, uh, I think, University of Oklahoma. One is The Flag and the Cross that he wrote with a sociologist, uh, Philip Gorski, and the other one was with Andrew Oof. Whitehead called Taking America Back for God. And it's all of this, actually, I would say, dark, gloomy, yes. yep. uh, sociological <laughs> stuff about how um, Christian nationalism is taking off. And so, so to, like, you know, relax a little bit to get that Sabbath necessary. I read Brian McLaren. Yeah. You know, so that was, yep. <laughs> it was, it was a good breather. Uh, wow. Yeah. You sound like you? you needed that. Oh, so <clears throat> let me hang on. Let me go grab. Well, okay. So one book that we're going through right now as a, uh, in a book study setting is uh, the universal Christ by Richard Rohr. We're doing that one. It's very good, very life giving. And uh, just make sure, you know, he's not saying anything that like, I've, I've had all these thoughts before, but I mean, it's one, it's good to just hear from somebody like Richard Rohr, these thoughts, you know, cause right. it's just the way he well, in the pastor, you're doing it in a, a book group or yes. with the church. Yes. It's okay. so cool. It's good. So yeah, it takes you, it, you, you don't have to have the burden of saying these things. Exactly. Yeah. So good. And yet opening up space and conversation for uh, for conversation from people who also may have been like, I don't know if, you know, Am I allowed to think about these things or question yeah. these things? Well, yeah, so good. So that's been that. That's one we've been working through that's been really good. I'm still working through this big old thick one. I think I've talked to you about before, stamped from the beginning. Yeah, yeah, um, you had that for a little while. The definitive history of racist ideas in America. So I do those in spurts. I chunk it out and then set it aside for a little bit. Uh, I'm doing this one, and this is a potential guest for us. He's agreed to come on when I'm done with the book. Is uh, the Elephant is Running, Process and Open in Relational Theologies and Religious Pluralism by Bruce Epperly. So, oh, okay. I'm familiar with his yeah, name. I figured, yep. figured you would be. Um, um, and it's really good so far. It's kind of about, you know, this idea of like, uh, it's an old idea of, you know, like, okay, the, the metaphor of the elephant, you know, you touch this, you touch that. An elephant is like a rope. An elephant is like a tree. You know, you know those those things. But right. not only is our should our approach compensate for that, but also the elephant is not even standing still. It's in motion. It's moving. It's all over. So then somebody gave me this because they felt like I needed it. And I haven't started it yet. Well, I've read the first chapter, but. Adult ad had <laughs> adult ADHD, how to exceed as a hunter in a farmer's world. So. Oh. Yeah. So I'll let you know how that goes. So uh, have, I, you, have, have you been diagnosed with ADHD? I have. Yes, okay. I have been yep, officially diagnosed, um, but right. I'm not really doing anything for it. I'm like, I'm not on any meds or anything like that. I don't know if I should be. I don't know. All right. But you're doing You're at least you're, it's, it's an awareness thing. Yes. Yep. <clears throat> and then uh, for fun, I've so and, and if this doesn't describe exactly, I mean, you know, ADHD. These are all books I'm currently reading right now, like hopping around. Currently, yeah. Yes. See, I, I can't do that. I'm I, I, I one at a time. I, don't, I have to jump around. I'm also on audio listening to. It's called The Lincoln Highway, and it's a um, it's a fiction. It's a novel, but it's uh, centered around. I guess there's this thing called the Lincoln Highway that runs from New York City all the way to San Francisco, and huh. there's like this. Uh, it was like one of the original, you know, when they were building the the highway system or whatever, you know, the interstate system or whatever. <clears throat> it was one of the premier. And that's why they named it the Lincoln Highway, named after Abraham Lincoln. It was like, you know, uniting the country, you know, kind of a kind of a thing. So uh, the story takes place along that journey. And it's it's really good. So many good characters and the narrators that they've selected to read. Wonderful. Uh, voice actors i mean really? tremendous yeah yeah oh, that so sounds good. good yeah it's good that sounds different too it sounds enough to like especially if you like difference and change of pace different vocalization it is you know, different exactly vocal artists and, mm -hmm. it's so yeah. good and then 
a friend gave me this to read before the end of the month. So I'm trying to get it done too. So I may have to become a soul-focused book <laughs> to get this done. But it's Master and Commander by Patrick O'Brien, which is, oh, I wait. guess, there's but a series But isn't that of like these. a 21-book series? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like, I can do this book. I'm probably not going to do the whole series. And he's like, that's cool. It's fine. But read yeah. this one and we'll talk about it. So I, I find I, I those things always uh, make me feel uneasy. Yeah, uh, exactly. I, I I don't want to commit to reading 21 books. Exactly. Um, on the same topic. I know. know. And honestly, like it actually it's really good. It's written really well so far. But I mean, it's all it uses, you know, um, maritime language so i'm like every paragraph i'm like i have no freaking clue what you're talking about uh, you know here's well, have here, you read <laughs> have you have you have you read moby dick no oh because it, it it's on the, purpose oh well half the book is a tutorial on that stuff <laughs> oh man i mean yeah here we go cut 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 the outer stopper uh uh let's see lying stark and bear like arms scales the yard the hitch on the runners, Mr. Watt, the boss bassoon <laughs> opened his mouth, shut it again. Bedlam brace pendants were rigged after the horses, after the stirrups. But these are boat terms. I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what those are. Anyway, that's good. Yeah. So, so again, I'm working I was say, you, so you mentioned audible or audio books. Yes. There was a book that I listened to. I forgot all of those that I had listened to, but one of them that was fun was Freeing Jesus uh, by, by Diana Butler Bass. Ooh, I love that. And at Diana one point she's Bass. talking about her ex early experiences of Jesus in evangelicalism when she was in high school in Scottsdale, Arizona. And she started talking about this church. And I went, wait, Scott, that's, that's Scottsdale Bible Church. I know that place because it's the church carla went to when she was in young life and that kind of stuff oh my so i goodness. quickly tweeted i tweeted um dana butler bass and said hey i'm just listening to this <laughs> in your book you went to church with my wife <laughs> that's so and, cool and i kind of described her and young life and so like i think we were at church at the same time it's like well that's kind of cool that's that very a cool little serendipity there yeah yep no she's great diana butler bass is a also a go-to for me for studies and things in a group but for the exact was, same reasons a, as the Richard Rohr stuff. It, you know? It's a fun book to read. Um, I wish I would have done it side by side with uh, Brian McLaren's book, kind of. Oh, uh, cool. Oh, yeah. Um, they sound very similar themes. They're, they're, yeah. they're dealing with similar issues. Brian McLaren gets much more in-depth historically. Okay. She gets more in-depth personal experience memoir. Almost, oh, so. so good partner. Oh, excellent. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it nice good books man good so stuff. you know uh i don't even know where we are on time <laughs> well we could probably talk about if you want to do that so tackle that serious topic yeah because there's a serious topic you had mentioned yes okay so i've been pondering and thinking about um for uh apologies public apologies uh for you know big things historic scandals or big you know slights or wrongs and that was prompted by the Pope traveling to Canada to apologize for the churches, um, their, their school, the boarding school fiascos, the scan of fiasco. That's such a bad word to use for this. You know, the abuse and the um, where they would bring in indigenous folks, force them essentially to uh, enculturate them to, you know, the European white way, undo all of your culture and then even worse than murder, you know, essentially murder the kids and bury them without unceremoniously. And that's how it came about is they've discovered all these, you know, graveyards of these yeah. essentially forgotten children who were abused, neglected, murdered at boarding school by Christian boarding schools. And so anyway, the Pope came and did his, uh, did an apology round of apologies for the, um, uh, to the indigenous nation there in Canada. And initially, you know, my first thought was, oh, you know, that's pretty kind of cool. But then it was like, but what else is coming with this? Like, is there more to this apology? Are they going to dedicate some money to, you know, any of this or, or to undo? I, and I haven't heard, I don't know. You know then, the, yeah. Yeah. Does, go ahead. does it carry, does, does his, I guess I don't know enough about papal authority to know 
what does an apology from a pope mean? Does it mean a change in uh, Roman Catholic policy and undoing uh, some of the, So one of the things that happened, this is one of the things that's brought up in Drew Hart's book. Um, when we talked to Drew, what was the name of the book? Uh, Trouble I've Seen, was that it? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he mentions how um, one of the popes, maybe the, it was during the age of exploration. So maybe the 1300s, 1400s, uh, talked about terra nullius. And every place where there was not the presence of the church, everything was considered available to the church. It was, so the land, the resources, people. And that was, that was the um, basis for the doctrine of discovery that allowed the church, you know, the settlers or whomever to keep moving West and knock the indigenous peoples off the land because they weren't, they weren't Christian. Yeah. Um, so the land was empty and blank and terra nullius means uh, ter- territory without master. Yep. And, yep. and which, which was how it happened in the U S and I'm guessing Canada's experience was very similar, uh, you know, cause they too came over with that kind of monarch monarchical uh, imperial power of the church and all that, whether it's Rome or Anglican, I don't know, but mm. so yeah, does it, does it undo terra nullius? So um, I have read that it does, uh, be, you know, uh, I don't know about the specific doctrines, but it does have an implications for the church as a whole, because to one, first of all, for decades, centuries, decades, centuries, it was like unheard of for the church to even admit it was at fault for anything. Right. So <laughs> to set a the precedent that, yes, yeah, some of our actions can be sinful and were sinful was a huge precedent, but he wasn't the first to do that. That actually happened. Other popes have done that, but they are saying, and this is what I've heard uh, in reading articles, his had a shift in tone from we're sorry for the pain you felt, you know, those non-apology apologies, right? To, we're sorry for these specific actions that we took. So I think naming them does at least set a first step towards connecting it to then you know, the action connecting to the doctrine that uh, so, started so it, it wasn't, or birthed it. It wasn't the, uh, the non-apology of politicians right. no, who no. say, no, it was good. It was felt bad. <laughs> right. No, it wasn't legit. We did this. We, it was wrong. Um, yeah, they, they named it. Actually, he has okay. been naming the specific actions. And so, so, so that's what, a good what, first step. So, so what good does that do right i'm not that's what i wanted to talk about i want to hear what you had to say um it sets a i i think it sets a good tone for the church in terms of humility uh acknowledging wrongdoing but if it's not i just if it's not going to be backed up with further action then i don't know for me it falls still falls flat but we'll see i guess it's a hopefully first step part of this you know to me at least thinking uh, as a as a Christian, when I when another way that we talk about apologizing is to ask for forgiveness, mm-hmm. or the other way is to talk about well, it's not either or, but it's both and perhaps is to talk about repentance. Right. So, what does it mean to will change turn around and walk in a new way of life? What it, what it, what does that what does that mean? And yeah. who is that up to to decide? Yeah. If I came up to you and said, hey, I'm sorry for, uh, you know, burning your lawnmower. Um, (laughs) So I repent of that. And as a result, I'm going to um, buy you a donut. (laughs) Show a change of heart, you know, or something like that. Right, 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 right. And you were like, no, you should get me a lawnmower. You know, there you go. Exactly. I mean, so, so is it, is it, is it, it would behoove the church to hear from those they've harmed yes. what repentance might look like. Exactly. That's what I'm waiting to see. Well, if that will happen. So we'll see. You know, while he was there, he met with the leadership of those of specific tribes and indigenous uh, councils and things. So maybe there was some discussion about. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I think that- I think that goes back to a, a, a something that I remember 
I don't know, some spiritual teacher I had somewhere along the way, probably some nuns that I was hanging out with when we were in Kansas. I was, when it went down to this retreat center a lot of times, that's probably where I learned everything I know about God <laughs> and prayer and spirituality. But one of the things they were talking about one time was, uh, don't say I'm sorry. Because hmm. if you come up to somebody and say I'm sorry, all you're doing is telling them how you feel. Yeah, that's true. And, and you're point. still controlling the narrative. Oh, if you come wow. Up to somebody and say, would you forgive me? You relinquish all control. That's true. You're vulnerable. They can say now. yes. They can say no. Uh, I'm sorry is about I. Will you forgive me is about you. Ooh. And that's a lot more frightening. Oh, wow. You know, because it, to, to say, would you forgive me, acknowledges that I've done wrong, that I've done harm, which often I don't want to admit. You know, I'd mm. rather hide that. But it also takes that future and puts it in the hands of the other. Oh, wow. And I, I relinquish control of the outcome. And that's a frightening place to be. It is. Know? That's true. And so, I, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear how that conversation, to learn more about how that conversation ah, between that's... different indigenous leaders and the Pope went. Yep. That'd be interesting. And, and so I was, uh, the next apology actually happened yesterday. And so do you know about... Uh, Sashin Littlefeather, you know, about that moment in Academy Oscars history. She, you know, I saw the headline go by and I remembered it from years past. Yep. It's almost 50 years ago, 49 yeah. years ago. So okay. she, um, Marlon Brando was going to win the award. Every, you know, everybody knew it for uh, best actor. I forget, was it God? Must have been Godfather. It was Godfather. Right. And uh, <clears throat> rather than be there to accept the award, he sent. Sashin Littlefeather in his place to refuse the award. And it was because of the um, uh, industry's treatment of indigenous uh, Native Americans and their portrayal on, you know, the screen. So she came in, in her, her full regalia for her, um, her tribe and made her statement. And she was booed. She was ill-treated. Uh, the story goes that um, John Wayne had to be held back from security. He was going to rush the stage, berated her physically, you know, uh, um, uh, vocally, and then even at, and after parties, she was uh, ill-treated and abused. And so, the Academy yesterday um, publicly apologized, but back in June, sent her a letter of reconciliation and uh, and admiration actually was what they I think what they wow title yeah so it was a combo letter because there was the apology but actually in their letter as I read it <clears throat> they did have a paragraph asking her if we are to move forward as an academy as an and as an industry we want we need to work with folks who we've slided or wronged to move us forward in a better direction and so we will look forward to working with you and so that was, I think, a pretty key component to their yeah. apology of like, we want to move forward and we need folks like you. And even to and say, I know 49 years too late, maybe in, in some regards, but to say, we hold you in deep admiration for your bravery, your courage and all those things that you you did back then. Yeah. And it was a great cost because she at the time was an aspiring uh, actress. She had maybe like one or two roles. But then after that, blacklisted, you know, from from being cast so <laughs> wow yep huh yep so it cost so, her a lot to do that so the value of it at the very least is to like set some kind of marker in history and yes. say um we acknowledge that the direction things have been going is wrong we mm -hmm. don't want to go that direction anymore yep um and to make it public means you can hold me accountable for that exactly because it was a it was a private letter, and then they, with her permission, made it public so that they okay. exactly for public, I think education, one and yes for accountability. So yep. Wow. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? So well done. The, Not bad. I think you know it makes. How many other apologies probably are out there that need to get apologized for? <laughs> oh, boy, I don't know. I what what do you? You must be thinking of one right now. No, I'm not. No, I'm no, not. Okay. I'm just. <laughs> I, but I, do, I do think I'm trying to remember now. Um, uh, maybe it was Jim Thorpe. 
Yes, just recently received full recognition for his for his Olympic uh, yep. medals. Yeah, because yep. they were stripped initially completely. Then right. at some point, like many years later, like, OK, we'll give you partial credit with the other person who we said was the the winner. But no, this year, full yeah. you, you, you were the winner. So, yep. yeah, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, there's, I'm, I'm sure there's so many others. No, oh, but... yeah. Those are the big ones. That's right. I didn't even think about that one, but you're you're right. You know, here just closer to home, um, we have out uh, the uh, Nez, Nez Perce tribe, uh, or as they're known by themselves, the Nimipu uh, tribe. They're uh, on. They have the reservation right here, right next to us, and they have an area of their reservation called the Spalding Center. And Spalding was a minister, and I can't remember which. Uh, affiliation or what she was but but it i they don't necessarily hold him in high regard um but the parks and rec services way back when did and so built the center <laughs> and all those, <laughs> those things for him. so it'd be interesting to learn what there and then i'm maybe i need to learn and maybe he was a methodist you know maybe uh, he was uh, a, my hunch is that he was probably methodist or presbyterian yeah yeah, and, and, and depending on the exact years, he might have been Nazarene, <laughs> right? I mean, because right. the, uh, the the this region was pretty much established in some ways by Wesleyans and Presbyterians, I believe, as well yep. as a you know smattering of Roman Catholics earlier on. Mm -hmm. but, oh yeah, uh, well, our church, you know, charter goes back to I think 1886 or something like that. So very close to when would yeah. be coming yeah. in with the yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. So I, I, maybe I need to do some digging and learning and maybe there's some <laughs> apologizing on our behalf. That some we need part to do. that you guys could play. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that we've, we've added into our, um, our opening worship, you know, previous to our call to worship is to always, we, we're trying to make sure that we put in a statement of gratitude to um, the Shoshone uh, Bannock oh, good. and the Northern Paiute who, yeah. Uh, preserved this land and stewardship and, and, and stewarded, stewarded it before you know we got here yep. and then commit ourselves to developing reconciliation uh, I love it. and some form of reparation i love it yep and so that's how we're trying to open up every time we worship it's just kind of remember that and then that's that is um one of the topics for um this fall, when we get back together, digging into that, what does it what does it look like for us as a small, tiny little church, right? To do our part, what is a what is, what's our piece? Mm. Good things to wrestle through. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Right on. Well, Good. we worked all through right. it all, man. We did it. So uh, we've got some um, we've got some guests that we need to connect with. <laughs> Over Can the you next remind me, tell me, tell me the name of the um the one author that you're like we've got to have on. Uh, well, it was it, your second book you listed in your series of. Uh... Oh, uh, Brittany Wilson. There we go. I think that's yeah. She's a professor at, at the seminary at Duke, and yes. uh, the book is called Embodied God. Yeah, Embodied and God. Uh, it's these these manifestations of the divine, specifically looking through Luke and Acts. How oh, Luke good uses this language and after after i read through that i sent her a, an email i went you know i can't sing immortal invisible god only wise anymore because that, that god is visible mm -hmm. you know, there, there's different ways that god makes god's presence known amen and it was to me yeah i really want to ask her about um charismatic traditions which Ooh. have this sense of embodying you know it's the true. divine that's so uh, true so so I, I hope we can get that that uh, scheduled. And then, and then the other one is Drew Strait. He has a Wesleyan background. Uh, oh, nice. Oh, uh, cool. But he's, a, he's a professor at uh, Anabaptist uh, Mennonite Biblical Seminary, New Testament prof, but he's uh, working on issues related to Christian nationalism. Ooh, good. And we also have a potential guest, or I think we should for sure have, um, is it Justin uh, reached out to us by email? Jonathan. His... Jonathan. Jonathan. Yes. Yeah. In fact, is he not one of your uh, colleagues? Yes. That's right. But like I say, I took a, I, I took about You're a, in a different year, cohort, right? Almost a year. We're technically in the same cohort, but he's done. So maybe okay. I'm now a bridge between two cohorts from one to the next. 
So yeah, yes. and so and and his um, his dissertation was was it was on mimetic theory, I believe. That's right. And if I'm if I'm not mistaken, um, at least I saw that Adam Erickson had made some comments on Facebook regarding his work. Yep. And that's that's Adam's area of specialty as well. Yes, it is. That's right. Um, so th there's some there's some good conversations yet to be had. And then you Here's mentioned somebody just uh, earlier lifting up the book by somebody. Oh yes, Epperly, uh, Epperly, Bruce Epperly. Yep. Bruce Epperly. Yeah. And then I have a dream guest of uh, his name is Dan McClellan. I would love to get him on. He is a uh, he's LDS and he is a biblical scholar though, and is a very serious. I mean, uh, he does um, his well. I got he went to Exeter uh, in uh, England. That's where his his degree is from, and he does uh, TikToks where he's like breaking down, you know, Old Testament um, views of God and how it evolved through Scripture, you know, from uh, one God among many to, you know, monism or mo or whatever, you know, monotheism. Monism, but, yeah, yeah, monism. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so no, he's really, he's really, really uh pretty in depth and 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 he's i'm surprised he's still lds to be honest with you because he's super you know liberal progressive style but i suppose stays... uh, lds has the spectrum just as any of our yeah, church traditions exactly. have their spectrum as well so mm -hmm. but anyway yeah. he's very interesting he does a, he does a lot of really in-depth quick things on tiktok i'll have to share a couple with you but uh, he's he's good all right Fun so we've on. got we've got a lot of that to get managed to get uh, organized and to get uh, put together. So let's do it, and don't forget right. to talk to Aaron Weiss. That's right. Yeah, and Aaron, we got to get Aaron in. <laughs> Dream guest number one. All right. All right. Okay. Well, here goes the rest of the day. All right. <laughs> let's go tackle it. All right. Talk to you later. <laughs> See you, Craig. All right. Bye bye. Thanks for joining Cody Stauffer and me, Craig Morton, for this podcast. We simply try to record and upload without much editing. What you get is live conversation with all its ignorance and insight, wisdom and foolishness, sometimes more of one than the other, and occasionally profound things will be said, but entirely by accident. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at the All That's Holy Blue Collar Podcast. We'd love to hear from you, so leave a comment. And look for upcoming Facebook Live podcasts where you can interact with our guests. Also, we can be found on Twitter as at All That's Holy. Our intro and outro music is by At The Speed Of Darkness. Support At The Speed Of Darkness on Bandcamp and buy his music there. As well as follow him on Instagram at At The Speed Of Darkness. 